0: Are you planning a trip to Salzburg and wonder what the must-see sites are? Don't worry, I got you covered. Welcome to Salzburg! My name is Gerhard, I am the founder of the free walking tour Salzburg and the goal with this podcast is to introduce you to Salzburg. No matter if you join the free walking tour or not, Salzburg is the perfect destination for independent sightseeing. The old town of Salzburg is walkable and it's easy to find the must-see sites on your own. Things to do in Salzburg are plenty, even if the city is small. In this episode, I will cover the 15 must-see sites and some of our favorite things to do. Now, how many days should you spend in Salzburg? There is an entire episode on that. And there is an article on the free walking tour blog. Now, in short, one day in Salzburg is enough to cover the most important places. If you have more time, however, you won't get bored either. In two or three days, you would cover the old town in more detail and include some of the -the off-the-beaten-path places. And then, if you're lucky enough to have even more time, you should plan day trips to the most important places in the surroundings of Salzburg. There is also an episode about day trips, so even if a day or a few hours is fine to explore the must-see sites in the Old Town that we discussed in this episode, consider staying longer in case you have more time. Now what are the top tourist attractions in Salzburg? This list, the tourist attractions I will present to you, are the same sites as we include on the printed free walking tour city map, the sites in Salzburg. The list of sites is inexhaustible, there are so many things to do. This list contains some of the most popular things to see, as well as some of our personal favourite places. Some of them are less known, but none of them are really off the beaten path. Now, Site number one. Site number one is the Mozart Residence. The left side of the Salzach river is where most of the important sites are in Salzburg. Mozart, too, was born in Getreidegasse on the left side of the river, but he and his family moved to the other side of the river when he was 17 years old. When Mozart was 25, 10 years before his death, he moved to Vienna. Salzburg was too small for an ambitious artist. His father, however, lived in the house on Marketplatz, that's now known as Mozart's residence, until he died. Now even if the Mozart residence from the outside looks like it's from the times of Mozart, it harbors a secret. During the second world war, half of the building was destroyed by bombs. They then replaced it by an office building which was only taken down at the end of the 20th century. If you inspect the building closely, you will see a white line between the Austrian flag and the Mozart-Wohnhaus sign. That's where the old building ends and the recent building reconstructed according to old plans starts. The right side of the building is new, while the left side of Mozart's residence is original. Both the museum inside the residence and the museum inside Mozart's birthplace I would recommend if you are really genuinely interested in a fan of Mozart or if you're in possession of a Salzburg card. For everyone else, it's enough to pass by and notice the historic site. Mozart's residence and Mirabel Gardens are the only famous sites on the left side of the river. The train station is on the left side as well. Therefore, you can cover both Mirabell and the Mozart residence while you walk from the train station and before crossing the river. So site number two is Mirabel Palace and Mirabel Gardens. Mirabel Palace was built as a countryside residence for one of the most important archbishops from history, Wolf-Dietrich von Reitenau, for his mistress and also for their 15 children. I know, I know. Archbishops, mistress, children, a countryside residence because when he built Mirabel at the end of the 16th century, it was still outside of the city walls. Mirabel Castle, as you see today, was rebuilt after a fire and also the garden was added much later. Historians are unsure how the castle looked like when it was built initially. Inside the castle, the marble hall is the only place you can visit, it's famous for weddings If there is no wedding happening while you are there, the marble hall is open and free to have a look at, enter the castle and take the stairs up to the first floor. The rest of the castle is for city government, therefore Mirabelle is more about the gardens, but the gardens are a special place of interest in Salzburg. Not only were they one of the primary filming locations of the Sound of Music, but there are lots of minor details worth noticing the Dwarf Garden, the Palm House, the Hedge Theater, just to mention a few. Mirabell Gardens is only 10 minutes walking from the train station. When you arrive in Salzburg, You either arrive at the train station or at Mirabel Square by bus from the airport. Therefore, Mirabel could be the beginning of your sightseeing in Salzburg. Now Mozart's birthplace. Mozart's birthplace might be the most famous place in Salzburg besides the Hohen Salzburg Fortress. Everybody knows Mozart was born in Salzburg and Mozart was famous long before the sound of music. The birthplace of Mozart is in the most busy shopping street of Salzburg in Getreidegasse which is a must-see on its own. Getreidegasse is the most popular place in Salzburg. It's a shopping street famous for the old signs in front of the shops. Even if most of the shops are homes to international brands nowadays, these signs are not to be replaced. All the old town on the left side of the river is part of the UNESCO World Heritage nowadays. Strict rules preserve the appearance of the buildings. The birthplace itself is a house like all the other houses in Getreidegasse. There's a small square in front of Mozart's birthplace during tourist season, Hagenauerplatz, the small square, is constantly filled with people photographing the yellow building, which houses a supermarket on the ground floor. The museum on the upper floor is one of the most visited museums in the world. On the first floor, the museum replicates the living conditions at the time of Mozart. The second floor is dedicated to his music. And on the third floor, where the family lived for 26 years, you will find instruments, documents, family letters and portraits. There will be another episode in the future entirely dedicated to Mozart's birthplace and you can find an article on the free walking tour blog. As mentioned with the Mozart residence, I recommend a visit if you are genuinely interested in Mozart or if you are the owner of a Salzburg card. Otherwise, it's also enough to snap a picture and move on. The number four university church, the university church, also known as the Collegiate Church, was built as a part of the university around 1700. You might have heard that Salzburg is famous for its Baroque architecture. The university church is one of those Baroque buildings, the most significant one after the cathedral. While Italian architects built the Cathedral of Salzburg, an Austrian architect built the university church. Fischer von Erlach was the same architect as Schönbrunn Castle in Vienna. Schönbrunn, a palace in Vienna, is the most visited site in Austria. Fischer von Erlach built four churches in Salzburg, of which the University Church was the last one. Because Salzburg is surrounded by mountains and space was limited, the University Church was in fact the last historic building erected in the Old Town. It's not a popular site, but it's stunning nevertheless. The University Church might be the most unique church you ever visited, especially with the Baroque churches. Baroque churches are usually full of gold. There are no paintings on the walls at the University Church, and there are no church benches. The plain white walls make it seem even more marvelous. I recommend laying down on one of the inclined benches in the crossing to adore the magnificence. I generally recommend visiting churches in Salzburg, no matter if you are religious. All of them are free, at least at the time of recording this, and most showcase more than any museum. In front of the church, there is a daily market. Grünmarkt, the green market, is the daily market in Salzburg. It happens daily except for Sundays. For an authentic farmer's market, however, You would have to be lucky enough to visit Salzburg on a Thursday and head to Mirabel Square. About the farmers market on Thursdays in Mirabel Square, there will be an entire episode in the future and you can find an article about that on the free walking tour blog. Now number five, site number five is the concert hall. The Concert hall is located right behind the university church. That's where you find the cultural epicenter of Salzburg. The Salzburg Festival emerged during a time of crisis. In the middle of the 19th century, they rediscovered Mozart, but the first festival only happened after the First World War in 1920, about 100 years ago. Today, the Salzburg Festival is the biggest classical music festival in the world, with 250,000 tickets sold during the six weeks in July and in August. Salzburg Festival is a force to reckon with if you visit Salzburg during the festival. It will be a lot busier and more expensive. We even call the area where the concert hall is the Festival District. But don't think of the Salzburg Festival like you would think of any other festival. Tickets are expensive and the popular opera sells out at the beginning of the year. Most of the year there are no concerts and even if there are concerts, they happen behind closed doors. You will see people in fancy dresses before or after the shows on the square in front of the concert hall, but free concerts to attend are the recordings on the screen at Kapitelplatz. You won't notice the festival in the festival district is not the crowded area of the city, unless people are gathering before or after the shows. festival hall itself contains of three parts, two of which... Are from the 20th century while another part is from the horse riding school. From the horse riding school the concert hall originally was. That oldest part of the concert hall was in the sound of music. Remember the concert at the end, the Edelweiss song? Not only was the concert hall a filming location, the Trapp family actually performed for the festival before escaping from the Nazis. If you would like to see the inside of the concert hall, the only way to do that is a guided tour. I would however recommend that tour. It's included in the Salzburg card. And in case you're not getting a Salzburg card, I would still include it. The tour only costs a few euros. There is also an entire article about the Salzburg Festival on the free walking tour blog and there will be a future episode about the festival as well. Now, site number six, St. Peter's Monastery. So, St. Peter's is the founding place of Salzburg. Salzburg was founded in the year 696 by a Bavarian bishop, St. Rupert. St. Rupert founded Salzburg as a monastery. That monastery has existed ever since. St. Peter's, therefore, is the oldest active monastery in the German-speaking region. You can't visit the inside of the monastery, only the two yards between the Festival Hall and the Church of St. Peter's. But you can and must see the church and the cemetery. If you followed my previous recommendation and visited the University Church, you're about to find out why I call the University Church unique. St. Peter's is the opposite. Dimly lit and covered in golden paintings, it's the jewel of Salzburg's churches. St. Peter's Church combines centuries of art history. In the corner next to the entrance of the church, you find two more entrances. Above the one entrance, you will notice a number 803. That's the entrance to the restaurant of St. Peter's, which claims to be the oldest restaurant in Europe. The entrance to the left is the entrance to the cemetery of St. Peter's, which actually is one of the oldest cemeteries in all of Europe. They already used the grounds as a cemetery before in 696 the first Christians settled. The cemetery may also be familiar to you from the film The Sound of Music. St. Peter's Cemetery is supposed to be the place where the family hides after the concert. However, the producers of the film could not film at the cemetery and therefore rebuilt St. Peter's in Hollywood. The caves on the side of the mountain are catacombs, but not catacombs as you know them from other cities. Historians believe that early Christians used these caves to pray. I only recommend entering the catacombs if you have a Salzburg card, because with the Salzburg card, the entrance is free. But go to the entrance either way, because at that entrance you will find the grave of Mozart's sister just before entering the catacombs. When you walk through the cemetery, Starting at St. Peter's Church, you can either keep right or left. If you keep to the right, you will come to the funicular to the fortress, while you will find the oldest bakery in Salzburg if you leave the cemetery on the left. Now, Number 7. Number 7 is the Franciscan Church. Not only Benedictine monks live in the monastery of St. Peter's, but also Franciscans. These Franciscans have had their own church since they came to Salzburg around 1600. The Franciscan church, however, was built long before. It is believed the Franciscan church dates back to the 8th century and that they built the church even before the consecration of the cathedral in 774. That is why the Franciscan church, like the church of St. Peter's, unites centuries of art history. The Franciscan church is part of my four favorite churches in Salzburg and one of the must-see sites. You will find the entrance on the western side of the building. The side entrance, when you come from St. Peter's, is often closed. Just like the Benedictine monastery, the inside rooms of the Franciscan monastery cannot be visited. Sometimes, however, the Franciscan monks open their garden to the public. The entrance is next to the cross when you leave the church on the left. In summer, dozens of different plants are growing there. As of now in 2021, there is a construction site. They removed the garden entirely, but they will come up with a new garden hopefully soon. Now site number 8. Site number 8 is the Salzburg Cathedral. Catholic Church ruled Salzburg. More precisely, archbishops ruled Salzburg and the cathedral is the archbishop's church. That's why the Salzburg Cathedral is the most important church in a city full of churches. Let alone the imposing Baroque architecture, they baptized Mozart in the cathedral and they performed. And he, let alone the imposing Baroque architecture, Mozart was baptized in the cathedral. And he also performed there. The cathedral houses five organs, which sometimes can be heard in paid or free concerts, especially on weekends. Furthermore, the archbishops were buried in the basement, where also one of the works of art of the Salzburg Foundation is exhibited. If you only visit one church while in Salzburg, make it the Salzburg Cathedral. That's an absolute must see. As of now in 2020, the entrance is still free at the entrance, there is a at the entrance there is a counter, but donations are voluntary. Now the Salzburg Cathedral deserves its own tour. There will be an entire episode dedicated to the cathedral, and there is an article on the Free Walking Tour website about the cathedral, both of which are linked in the show notes. Now, site number 9, the Hohen Salzburg Fortress. As the symbol of Salzburg, the fortress, at least in my opinion, is the most important site. The fortress dominates not only the appearance of the city, but also offers the best views over the city and over the surroundings. From the old town, the view of the Alps is blocked. By Mönchsberg Mountain, one of the true city mountains. From the fortress, however, you can see the surrounding areas and the higher mountains. If there is only one paid site you visit, let it be the fortress. Walking up is cheaper, but the funicular is more comfortable. Whether you save money or take the funicular as a personal preference, but the funicular is fun. And again, the Salzburg card is worth considering if you want to visit the fortress and one or two more sites. Inside the Fortress Hon Salzburg are museums, viewpoints, restaurants, a church and more. Make sure to visit all three of the main viewpoints. Each of them offers a different angle on the city and the surroundings. In case you're on a budget and don't want to spend any money, go to the fortress right after closing time. The museums close, at closing time, but the building remains open for another hour, and a small door that you can only open from the inside allows you to stay as long as you want. This works best in summer because the fortress closes long before sunset. There is an entire episode about things to do for free in Salzburg, where I go into more details on this. And there is another episode about the history of the Hohn of Salzburg Fortress to prepare you for your visit. Now, number 10. Number 10 is Nonberg Abbey. You guessed it. Nonberg Abbey is the Abbey from the Sound of Music. But there is more to Nonberg than that. In fact, founded at the beginning of the 8th century by St. Rupert, the founder of the city of Salzburg, Nonberg is the oldest active nunnery in the world. Nonberg is the monastery at the beginning of the film when the nuns sing in actual life. Maria and the captain got married at the Nonberg church church, but in the film, the wedding took place in Monse, in the Lake District and not at the Abbey. The Abbey is closed for visitors, but you can visit the church. If you are an early riser, I would recommend the nun's prayer at 6.45 a.m. Most of the nuns live in a retreat and never leave the monastery. Therefore, you cannot see them during the prayer and the singing, but only hear them. I don't consider Nonberg an absolute must, but it's a special place. Few tourists find their way up. To get to the abbey, you either climb the stairs called or Or you start on the way to the fortress and instead of turning right after about a hundred meters, you continue straight. Now site number 11 is the new residence. Do you remember Wolf Dietrich? Wolf Dietrich is the one who built Mirabel Castle. But not only Mirabel Castle, but Wolf Dietrich built the new residence as part of the redesign of the city. Wolf Dietrich was the archbishop who built Mirabel Palace, the one with the 15 children. Remember? Only 100 years later, around the year 1700, they added the bell tower to the new residence. The Carrillon plays three times a day at 7am, 11am and 6pm. If you head to the residence square to hear the bells, don't panic, they are always five minutes late. If you would like to know more about the Carillon, there is an entire episode about this coming up in the future and there is an article on the free walking tour website. The article also talks about the possibility of a tour, which I can highly recommend. Now opposite the new residence, there is the old residence, which was the archbishop's residence from the 12th century on, hence the square between the two buildings is called the residence square. Every event in Salzburg takes place on these squares, the traditional festival, the Christmas market, the opening of the Salzburg festival, and so on. In the middle of Residenzplatz is the largest baroque fountain north of the Alps. Maybe this also seems familiar from the sound of music. The residence building itself is only interesting if you like museums or have a Salzburg card. The new residence houses the Salzburg Museum, the oldest history museum in the city. I am a big fan of the Salzburg Museum and recommend the museum to anyone who wants to learn more about the history of the city. Furthermore. It's a must if you get a Salzburg card. Same as all the other museums, the Salzburg Museum is included in the Salzburg card. So walk through, even if you don't care that much about museums. Site number 12 is the old residence. Same as the new residence, the old residence is interesting as a museum and for its historical context. However, this building is much larger. The old residence dates back to the 12th century. Back then, it already served as the archbishop's residence. They expanded and rebuilt it several times. If you visited the Franciscan church, you were next to the new residence already. Inside the Franciscan church there are windows from which the Archbishop could attend Mass without leaving his residence. The museum in the old residence opened in 2014 and not like the Salzburg Museum over 150 years ago. The Domquartier Museum includes the residence gallery and the staterooms and allows you to enter areas of the cathedral and St. Peter's monastery that you otherwise could not enter. The exclusive areas of the cathedral and the arches connecting the buildings on Residence Square are especially worth visiting. However, if you're not interested in museums at all or do not want to spend money, it's enough to notice the building, to know what it was and why we call our main square the Residence Square. Now, site number 13 is right around the corner. Site number 13 is Mozart square and the Mozart statue. Now, Mozartplatz is where you want to click that selfie. A selfie together with Salzburg's most famous son, Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart, even if we think Mozart didn't actually look like that. Long time before The Sound of Music was filmed, Salzburg was already famous for Mozart. The Mozart myth in Salzburg began 50 years after his death in the middle of the 18th century. 50 years after Mozart's death, Salzburg decided to build a monument for him. Mozart Square had been called St. Michael's Square at the time and there was a fountain for St. Michael. For most people, the saint was more important than Mozart. Most people were against replacing St. Michael with Mozart. The statue was built nevertheless, but only finished for the 51st anniversary of Mozart's death because a Roman mosaic was found during the construction. You can find the replica of the Roman mosaic on the ground on the right side when you're facing the statue. The statue was inaugurated in the presence of Mozart's two sons. A three-day festival took place. That's when not only classical music was rediscovered, and the initial idea of the music festival was born, but clever businessmen also realized there was money to make from Mozart. That's why he's everywhere nowadays. In that regard, I have to make a side note here. There is another place that should be mentioned and that's the old market. That's where Salzburg's oldest coffee shop is located, Café Tomaselli, and Konditorei Fürst. Konditorei Fürst invented the original Mozart chocolate. You will pass by the old market at some point anyway. It connects all the main squares with the famous shopping street and the university square. I don't regard it as a must-see site, but there is the original Mozart chocolate. You can also find an episode about the original Mozart chocolate and an article on the free walking tour blog. Now site number 14. Site number 14 is the Mozartsteg footbridge. There are many more sites on the left side of the river Salzach in the actual old town, but we have visited the most important ones. Now it's time to cross the river again and explore an area less popular, but no less Significant. Mozartsteg is a pedestrian bridge and connects the two sides of the river at Mozartplatz. Why I like this bridge and why I count Mozartsteg to the must see sites? In case of Mozartsteg, it's personal preference. It is one of the favorite sites of a local in a city for tourists. They built Mozartsteg in the second half of the 19th century. Have you seen the Eiffel Tower before in person or in picture? Of course you have. The Mozart footbridge is the same era and the same style, the style of Art Nouveau. Now that you know that, I bet the similarities become obvious. Do you know who paid for the construction of the Steg? a café owner, on the other side? The other side's population was poorer in history than that of the archbishop's side of the river. The café owner wanted to attract more visitors with money. However the construction of the bridge also cost a lot of money. His glorious idea was to therefore charge a toll. The tiny house on the left side of the river that now houses the café We Love Coffee was the toll booth. Their coffee is excellent if you need a caffeine boost before crossing the river. For the best cafés in Salzburg, however, there will be an episode in the future and again there is an article on the free walking tour blog. And last but not least, I don't want to withhold from you that the Mozartsteg also occurred in the Sound of Music. In case you cross the Mozartsteg from Mozartplatz, find your way into Steingasse. Steingasse can be reached by crossing the street a few meters to the left and then immediately turning right again to get to the foot of the mountain. Steingasse means stone alley and is the best example for a simpler life on the right side of the river. You will notice in terms of architecture that the right side of the river in history was more simple. Now at the end of Steingasse you turn right and head right up Linzergasse along the mountain. That's where you find site number 15. Site number 15 is St. Sebastian cemetery. St. Sebastian's differs from all the other places on this list. Of all the sites listed here, it might be my number one favorite. Not that I like cemeteries that much, but I like St. Sebastian's. It's a peaceful place steeped in history, architecturally, and in terms of art history significant but unknown among the majority of tourists, or unpopular even. You would find out if you read enough about Salzburg. After all Mozart's father and Mozart's widow as well as Wolf Dietrich, the archbishop with the 15 children, were buried here. The mausoleum in the middle of the cemetery is the grave of Wolf Dietrich. I recommend taking the whole round in the arcades to rest and enjoy the silence. Mozart's family grave can be found between the entrance and the mausoleum. Watch out! Sometimes the main entrance is closed. Especially in winter, if the main entrance is closed, go around the building and find the entrance in the so-called Bruderhof next to the Institute St. Sebastian's. Ask someone if you can't find the entrance. Now my conclusion? This list of must-see sites in Salzburg is a carefully crafted selection but far from complete. It covers the most touristy sites, as well as some favourites of a local tour guide and a few lesser known attractions. We visit many of these places on the free walking tour of Salzburg, but you should revisit all of them to have a closer look. You can visit these must-see places in the order I presented them to you, but you can also use the list to tick off places as you wander. Distances in Salzburg are short, and I would prefer getting lost instead of worrying too much about the sights. The vibe and the surrounding nature will impress you anyway. Now what? Do you want to join a guided tour around these famous landmarks? You can have a look at the free walking tour schedule to find out if there are tours available while you're in Salzburg. If you have questions, please feel free to send me a message anytime on WhatsApp. For email, I would be more than happy to hear from you if you would like a printed map to navigate along these all town attractions and get tips on the must-eat dishes in Salzburg and where to find them. In case you join one of my tours, you will receive the printed map anyway. In case the tours are not available or you are not available for the tour, there is an article about the map on the free walking tour website and you can get printed maps for free at certain places mentioned in the article on the free walking tour website. Is this list of sites not enough guidance for you? Would you like an actual plan to help you organize your time in Salzburg? Firstly I would like to draw your attention to the fact sightseeing in Salzburg is easy. Easier than in most cities, the sites are very close, everything is within walking distance There are no tourist traps, and as long as you are in the area of the Mirabel garden, near the cathedral and around Getreidegasse, you will find most of the sites by chance. Even if you would like to have an exact plan, more useful tips or a list of places to eat, we got you covered. The free walking tour blog on the website is an in-depth guide on everything we consider important in Salzburg. My name is Gerhard. These were the 15 must-see sites in Salzburg. I am the founder of the free walking tour and we introduce independent travelers to the city of Salzburg.